to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Hey, and welcome everybody. This is Man Up. Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church. So grab a globe, spin it around, boom, find the United States. Find your way to Texas. Yeehaw! Southeast corner of Texas is Houston, better known as H-Town. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where we are. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys, and each of us are on the spiritual journey of our own individual faith, and we hope that you are on it too. And where do you get this kind of deep theological discussion and people that get to walk with you as you go through your faith and other men? Probably not anywhere but a place like this. And we're glad that you found us. You might have found us on iHeartRadio, you might have found us on iTunes, SoundCloud, we have a Facebook page at Man-Up, we also have a website that's at Man-UpSpiritualOasis.com. We have been going through uh, The Fullness of Christ, it's a uh, publication by Baptist Way Press, and it's in the Connect 360, and we are in Colossians. And so what we do in, in this particular podcast, it's very simple. We recognize that men are very busy, and your time is, is taken up by work commitments, family commitments, volunteer. We have so many men that listen to us that are committed, and we congratulate you on that. But there's also a time when iron sharpens iron, and that's what we hope this does for you. Our podcast is a little bit different than a lot of people's. A lot of people, what they'll do is they'll put out a teaser, and they'll make you listen all the way to the end to get to that. No, what we do is we respect your time, and what we do is we go over a ABF or Adult Bible Fellowship or a Sunday School lesson, and we have an overview ahead of time because we understand not each of these lessons is going to speak to you like some of them are. All of our podcasts are archived on SoundCloud, so you can go ahead and if you look on SoundCloud under Man Up Spiritual Oasis, You'll find all of them, and, and you'll find some that are totally awesome, and you'll, you'll probably want to listen to them a couple of times. What we do is we bring in a panel, a panel of great guys, and, and when I go ahead and I will introduce them, not only do I introduce them by what they do, but also by what their interests are. So as you listen to this podcast, you might identify with one or more of these panelists a little bit more than the others. My name is Bill Cox, and I'm basically, I work as a contractor, uh, but I've also been a writer and an actor, and I'm the director of the Man Up Adult Bible Fellowship here at Sugarland Baptist Church. <clears throat> Also, we have here 
Well, we don't have Kyle Trahan because he's... Again? <laughs> Again? Right, right. He's going to fail. He's going to have He's going to have to go back to he's last a, year's podcast. You know? He's going to go, go, go crumper up and say, yeah, you got the notes from that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, and we're going to have to say which one. Which one. Oh, we're back. <laughs> um, but uh, we have... Uh, he is a... He's a world-class policy writer, and he's also a bit of a professional gambler. Mr. Steve Titch is here. Thank God he has a sense of humor. Yeah, that's right. That's right. right. You have to when you walk out with empty pockets, that's for sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we have you can't do anything without an attorney, and we have one. He is a attorney. He's also a prosecutor. We call him the judge. Mr. Michael Cropper is here. Hi, everyone. And we have a world-class trainer for a Fortune 100, not 500, 100 <laughs> company. He's kind of like a class or theologian is what I would call him. And uh, that's Professor Robert Koshu. And we're going into... We're in this Colossians, and we're in Lesson 12 of this study, and basically, I'm going to kind of punt on this one, <laughs> and I'm going to turn it off. I'm going to turn it over to the professor to go ahead and give us a little guidance and uh, basically an overview on this particular lesson. So, sure, give me the hard job. Right, right, right. Um, That's why you so, made the big bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, I got double what I made last year? Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> Actually, we'll triple it. All right. Three times zero. Three times zero is still yeah. um, So, um, we're, we're getting to the end of Colossians. And that's really, you know, we're, we're down to these four verses and then kind of a litany at the end that just kind of runs through a bunch of stuff. But we are really at the end. And in this, he's really talking about two things. And there's two things I think we can kind of spend some time on when Bill reads the scripture. The first is faith is being a journey. And it's it's something that we talk a lot about, especially as men. You know, we have ups and downs in our lives, career changes, job changes, school, family starts, family ends, family, you know, kids move on. Bill and I are in the stage of life where our children are moving on as they do things um, and as a part of that our faith changes too and so it's a long journey that we're on as a part of our faith and then the second part really is at the very end of it where it talks about your testimony but more in particular knowing answers for everyone, knowing how to answer everyone is how the scripture is phrased, and Bill will read it here in a moment. But those two things, the front and the end, your journey and then knowing how to have an answer for everyone, those actually tie together. So I think we'll have a good time kind of tying those together from a men's perspective. Excellent. That was a lot better than what I expected. That's for you. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's the professor. It's the occasion every time. That's, that's On occasion, <laughs> I do. Judge. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You got that out of this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Occasionally, folks. When you hear the scripture, read along with us. You can turn to Colossians 4, 2 through 6, and you're going to say, Robert's making up stuff here. I am not. I am not. I actually am not. No, I understand. That's a good question. We're going to nickname him Magician. Yeah, folks, we have looked through some practical doctrine here. Uh, with the lessons in Colossians, the last last one, of course, there was a doctor here, a lady doctor who uh, represented a the, lady the, doctor. <laughs> 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 female doctor <laughs> who, who held her own very well, and actually, yeah. I, I I would everybody would be like she was outnumbered because there were four, mm-hmm. five of us and one of her. No, we were outnumbered. Well, last week, folks. Just a reminder, relationships, the last part of the Colossians we've been looking at is relationships. And last week's, and, and it's had to do with wives, how you, uh, husbands, treat your wives well, love them. Wives, submit to your husbands. Children, obey your parents. Fathers, do not provoke your children. Do not pick on them. Uh, don't don't call them stupid even if they are no when our children are young we, we, we have, right. have them, what translation uh, are you reading right uh, no. <laughs> I'm kidding I'm kidding okay yeah fathers don't provoke your children to uh, uh, bitter, in bitterness and, and slaves obey your earthly masters masters treat your slaves well and so we go into today's lesson and, uh, and, and like Robert said Bill's going to read uh, the scriptures, which are to me, they're very, very general, and you can put a twist on them, and and uh, apply them to everything, everything to the world. The first sentence is devote yourselves to prayer. Uh, what kind of prayer? How do we pray? For who do we pray? But Paul does bring in some more facts about this. He says, "Pray for me," and he says, "Pray that the mystery of Christ would be proclaimed and doors would open." So I did get some out of this, uh-huh. and uh, I am looking forward to talking about it. And we did. Prior to the uh, the podcast, folks, we did talk about this. It's very general, but Robert did put a good spin on it. And yes, you can look at that as a direction for your life, the first part of it. And then, the, uh, of course, wise, uh, the last part of it has to do with how you treat people. So it's, it, it right, can be looked right. at those two ways. Excellent. Mr. Steve Titch. Oh, um, yeah. Following up on Wake that, up. Um, you're learning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, a couple of things. It's It's kind of... He talks about prayer at the very in the in the, in the five verses I think we're going to read. Uh, the first few deal with prayer, and prayer was really important to Paul. And prayer prayer should be important. And in in our time and in our church practices, we don't really I don't think we think we understand it that well. And it kind of is a you know. It, it, when you say you're going to pray for someone, it comes across as, well, that's the least I can do. Um, Paul would disagree with that intensely. Uh, he talks about prayer a lot in this letter. Of course, there's the first First Thessalonians uh, call to pray ceaselessly. And I think that's that's being echoed here. And then in the second part, as we've been we've been saying, how to how to talk about your experience with the Lord. Um, so we're we're gonna well it'll it'll be an interesting discussion. <laughs> yeah, and I I really liked uh, um, the judge going back and uh, talking about the previous lesson. And real quick, for me, as I thought about that, um, I, I thought about how what I think Paul was talking about was um, 
how to have a more orderly society. And I I think so many times we focus, and like we talked about, on, you know, wives submit to your husband, husband love your wives, children obey your parents, parents don't, or fathers don't embitter your children, they'll become discouraged slaves, you know, and uh, obey your masters, and masters pay your slaves fairly. And I think that he was talking about in that particular uh, lesson, uh, that scripture was uh, how to basically have an orderly society um, and and reduce, reduce the conflict that you create on your own. There's enough conflict in life, external stuff, but but the but the stuff that is your normal everyday routine, don't 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 create anything extra, and that's kind of what I I just wanted to bring up. Actually, uh, about yeah, it's that. a good point. I think that's it's a good point. Thought of, before we before we started, we were we were wondering where we're going to take this podcast, but there you've got some some relevance, especially for today, uh, because. Um, Christians in the church can be as much as part of the shrillness going on as anyone else. And here, yes, we Paul is in a very, very tacit, very succinct manner saying that's not the way to approach the world. It's not even the way to talk about your faith or share your faith. Right. Well, and, and it goes back into part of what I said when I did last week. I said... One of the big problems you have is everybody wants to pull one verse or a couple of verses out of context. The verses today have to be read in light of the verses last week. Right. Well, they're because a continuation. They're, yeah, they? Absolutely. Right. They verses mm-hmm. fall yeah. right behind yeah. the family verses. Because he has talked about false teachers. He has talked about living in, you know, your life in your household, your, your, mm-hmm. your, your spouse, your children, your servants, your slaves, in the, in the case of first century Judea and Rome. Uh, now he's going to talk outwardly, you know, outside the house. Yeah. yeah outside right. the household. Yeah. How do you do and how do you live and what right. do you do with that part? And with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read. It's we're, it, This is Colossians, and it, it's short, and it's uh, Colossians 4, 2 through 6. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And one thing that I've brought up over the years, and if you've been listening to these podcasts, I mean, and this is podcast 141, so this is, we're almost completing our third year uh, of podcasts. I never had that eureka moment. I just believed, because we were just poor pig farmers, my grandfather and my, my dad lead me, and the lessons from the Bible are the same. But what has changed is me. Because the same lesson doesn't mean the same thing to me when I was a teenager as it did when I was in my 20s, as it did when I was a new newlywed and a new parent, as it now as an older adult. 
the the stories are the same, but the application and the implication to me is totally different. The stories are the same though. Yeah. Well, and and that goes to so the author pointed this one out. I didn't go do all my deep dive Greek this time, but he pointed out that the word devote, the Greek word there, is proskateria, and it means it refers to an enduring over a prolonged or continuous period of time, is the actual Greek verb there. And and that's what you were talking about, that, that you and I have the same experiences. Our kid, mine and Bill's kids are almost exactly the same, same ages, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we've got the same experiences where we had, you know, I read stories in college from a different lens than I'm reading them now as an older adult with two kids really out of the house. One lives at home, but... You don't see him much. We, I don't. We, yeah. I haven't seen him this week except right, when I was right, sitting right. in the football stands and he was down on the field. Right. That's the only time I've seen right. him this week. So literally. Right. right. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so I'm reading the stories much differently now right. than I did then. Well, in continuation, what you said about last week, the family relationships. The next line, he he seems to say, "Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful." And I can't help but think he means this is what you do for your family. And then he goes into it. He changes that that particular uh, subject or specific thing that he's talking about. And he says, and pray for us too. So he's obviously referring back to family. So pray for each of the members of your family. And, of course, he'll go later to tell us that how we should treat people who are non-Christians and outside the mm-hmm. church. And it well, it, it, it it's developing your faith journey as you go through, and and you can take crazy wild detours. So I started out just to kind of give my quick history. I started out Episcopalian. I grew up in the Episcopalian household, so Catholic light. Right. Um, um, started dating a young woman who was Southern Baptist that somehow convinced me to be a Southern Baptist. Had very little to do with her by the time I actually changed. Um, she did pique my interest. I'll freely admit that. Um, ended was, up. Was it her or the the subject matter? Yes. Right, right, right. <laughs> hey, the correct is answer is yes. That's right. Put a man, man spin on it. The correct answer is that. yes. Yes, <laughs> both. That's what God um, walk with the Lord too. Yeah. But then at the same time, getting to college, developing a really deep, deep relationship at that time. Spending some time, as Stephen, some other alluded to, in seminary for a couple of years, did not complete. Uh, spending a little bit of time there, then changing from that to doing different things in my life. I'm kind of like Bill. I've I was a jack of all. Bill jokes about me being a sort of big trainer. Um, that's only been in the last 20 years. Yeah. Prior to that, yeah. I was. Let's see. I did youth ministry. I worked as a case manager for MHMRA. I did industrial sales mm-hmm. and then did financial sales and call center work before I got into training. So really wildly varied career. You know, the whole training thing's really just been in the last 20 years, although I've seen pieces of it throughout. But it's a journey that I've gone on as my life has progressed, and it's let me kind of develop my faith and like you said, Bill, I the stories haven't. I guarantee you, 
unless I was reading it in the King James, it's pretty much the exact same scripture. <laughs> right. You know, that hasn't changed. Right. What's changed is me. Let's talk about, you brought up the word of proscaterio. Right, proscaterio. Mm-hmm. And it means prolonged or continuous period of time. Pray. Let me tell you, when I, when I, uh, I was 20 years old when I sort of, um, when I made my decision to follow Christ. And, uh, and I tried praying. Now, uh, here's my question here. Does this mean long periods of time? You get on your knees and pray. Does this mean you... You pray continuously in the Spirit as you work, whenever you get a chance, opportunity, you look for opportunities to pray and keep focused on the Lord, because he does say, be watchful and thankful. But I, I tried to, to pray. I heard about missionaries and people, and of course, Jesus prayed all night. So I tried praying uh, uh, an, an hour, and I and after five minutes, I looked at my watch and <laughs> <laughs> or 15 <Right>. minutes. <laughs> I'll fall asleep. I'll, go to sleep. I'll, I'll freely admit I fall asleep. I, I've tried those long prayers and I don't get past 30 minutes uh, even when I make my own list of things to do. So I don't know that that's for everybody if we look at it from that point to pray for long periods of time consistently. Again, well, it's one of these things you got to be yeah. careful about taking literally. Yes. Um, prayer... I think to Paul was more was more than getting on one's knees and getting you know praying for an hour. I think it was part of his whole walking walking with the Lord. Right. Um, that prayer is prayer is really the way to you know to sustain your relationship with the Lord. And and so uh, praying not just not just you know. At the end of the day, or the beginning of the day, or when there's a trouble, but kind of being trying to be aware of the Lord's right. presence uh, all the and time, an opportunity, right? all the time, and, and the and opportunity, and I that agree. thankfulness, trying to trying to, you know, it's 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 very. I think the thought is very alien to our Western mindset, mm-hmm. especially because we're scientific and logical, and we're very empirical. We're very much here in the moment. Uh, the four of us are here, really no one else, but biblically the Lord is in this room. Yes. I mean and right. and, yes. and we, we, we and, and we have to take that leap of faith. Yes, he's there and we hope he is like the Psalm says he is approving of our thoughts, words and meditations. Uh, right. but this I that that's that's I think when we get to Paul's idea of prayer, that it's it's one of the most important things you can do. And I think even as Christians, we sometimes forget. I think we, we, we forget that or we don't really buy into it. But uh, I, I go back to um, the film Tom Hanks was in, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the, mm-hmm. where he played um, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Ro- Fred Mr. Rogers, Rogers. And, yeah. and a very accurate portrayal from what I've read about him. And Fred Rogers would pray every day for everyone he met. And he met a lot of people. Uh, and he would pray by name, and it's a it's a very nice scene in the film because uh, he, the, the the praying is a voiceover. But we see Fred going through his everyday activities. He's swimming. He's doing his his things. But it, so it kind of you get that impression that he is always praying. Um, I'm giving that as an example because that's kind of this 
dynamic engagement. It's dynamic engagement. Maybe that's the word I'm looking yeah. for. I'm looking yeah. for. Well, one thing that you know that it's great about this panel. I mean, we because we all have different experiences, and and you out there listening different have different experiences yourself. I was in the Navy. I was stationed in Japan. I was I did two tours of duty over there, yeah. and I didn't. I was I I was not one of these guys that stayed on base. I actually tried to live out in Japan and about poisoned myself because I couldn't I couldn't speak the language I couldn't re- read the read the food and I was just I was just young and stupid but I was trying to find out more about the culture and and so I and I did I I was uh, into the uh, Far Eastern religions and and stumbled onto their their meditation and one thing about it is with meditation you are to basically empty yourself mm-hmm. and and I've kind of incorporated that into my prayer life not that I and, and I can't I can't pray well, for long periods of time just just like what, what you said Mike but the thing about it is when you just empty yourself of the distractions of the world it just seems like my prayers are so much more focused when I just take a moment and just pull the antennas in, forget what's around me, calm myself, center myself, and then pray. Because it's more for you than it is for the Lord. And Christians do meditate. I'll, I'll, I'll help out here. Right. Christians meditate. The Eastern meditation has has half of it right. The idea is to empty yourself. Yes. Right. The Christian meditation is that you refill it with the Holy Spirit, and that's why our right. prayers make more sense and do more with, because we actually can, like you said, Bill, take distractions away. We we were we were joking this weekend. I was joking with the sales guy. We were at the RV show. And, and we're looking for, we do not yet have grandchildren, but we're looking for the trailer that we can take grandchildren camping in because we're only going to buy it once. Mm-hmm. You know, and our kids are old enough now that we need to be thinking that direction. Mm-hmm. Better be. Yeah. Boys here, listen. Right, right. <laughs> um, but we were joking with the, with the guy that, you know, because they were, they were bragging one of the trailers. He's like, well, this one only has one TV and it's small. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to be the mean granddad that's going to be at the door going, give me your cell phone. You're not getting in the in the car. <laughs> because our life today is so distracted. I, I was actually reading an article in the Daily Mail from Great Britain before, um, while I was waiting for everybody to get here. I got here a little early. And it actually talked about that cell phone addiction looks just like chemical addiction. Cell phone addiction? Yeah. Really? That in, that it does the same brain rewiring the brain and everything? Yeah. that the other does, and there's been I've been seeing a lot of studies talking about dopamine and other hits that you're getting from your cell phone. So we live in such a distracted age. Even you know from the time the four of us were growing up, I mean the worst distraction we had was the three channels on TV, <laughs> and then in high school I got MTV. Man, it, it was awesome. <laughs> you know, right. but until then. We had at most four, maybe five channels on TV, and the remote was me getting up to go change it because Dad told me to, versus kids today have 300 and something channels. Well, my, my kids are... Whatever there is. is on, just on doing anything, over, everything over the Internet. 
I mean, yeah. it's YouTube. Yeah, and it's then that, that's the other thing. It's, the inf it's infinite channels. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, it, I, I was going to get there. Okay. And then I'm it's sorry. Internet, I but it's from... also cell phones. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just because it used to be if you wanted the internet, mm -hmm. I had to fight mom or dad to get the computer if yeah. I didn't have my own computer. Right? Yeah. But now it's, you know, if you're a teenager, you pretty much have your iPhone, Android, usually an iPhone. And you're on the internet 24-7 texting, sending messages, YouTubing, <laughs> Instagram. Like said, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I watched, what did I watch the other day? A documentary on the Battle of Shiloh. On my phone, laying in bed. It was like 9 o'clock. I went to bed. And I'm like, oh, hey, it's a little 30-minute animated map of the Shiloh battle. I visited the battlefield. Never seen this one. Let me watch it and see what they see if I learn anything new <laughs> from it. But yeah, I watched it on my phone. <laughs> you know, it, it's just it's amazing. But it's almost as if we're having closer relations with people that are across the sea from us than people that are right next well, door because it's fragmented we have lots of by content, but by lots interest. of contacts, no relationship. No relation. That's exactly where I was I, going. I can with. honestly tell you so. This week, yeah, this week, I hit 970 connections on LinkedIn. Woohoo! Um, how many of those? How many of those people do I actually know and talk with? Right. Maybe 20, maybe 30 at most. Right. You know, on a routine, regular basis. Do you do that on your phone? No, these are people these actually seeing. Right. If I see person. them at least two times a year in person, because okay. there are people that I am quote-unquote friends with that I see when I'm at ATD events nationally right. that they'll show up at and we'll hang out and talk and do right. things. Okay. So I'm counting those in that. Now, are they that's close it. friends? That's no. Okay. But they're not just a contact. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our hard break. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number 141. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. And welcome back to the No Church Answers Tour. This is the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And this is a, our podcast number 141. And Kyle Trahan is still not here. Just, just we gave him a half hour. He's still That's right. right. Just wanted to let you know in case. Oh, brutal. In case. I, I may never miss because I don't want to be the butt of it. That's, that's right. And basically what we're doing is uh, we're going through... Uh, the Baptist Way Press, as you know, if you've been following us, we, uh, we're just a collection of guys, each of us on this individual faith journey, having a deep discussion, hopefully with you out there, as you go on your own individual faith journey. We're in Colossians. We're talking on, uh, this is Colossians 4, 2 through 6. 
And I thought this was pretty darn interesting. I did not know this about the, uh, Truett Cathy. Yeah. I mean, do you mind if yeah. I, I go into oh, the, no, uh, no, no, uh, that's great, into great the introduction? Story. Apparently, he was born in uh, 1921 and he, in Atlanta, Georgia, and he went in and he served in World War II. And he uh, opened a small restaurant when he returned uh, to uh, Atlanta and called it the Dwarf Grill, named after its small location. Um, and then, a and then involved. Dwarf, dwarf, yeah, right. And then, or apparently, it's a neat restaurant to visit, by the way. Right, right. It's still there. <laughs> it's still there. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Him and his brother Ben apparently opened this restaurant, and uh, but apparently there especially was a chicken sandwich, and uh, he, he, the business took off. He continued to expand his restaurant chain and changing the name to Chick Fil A. And yeah. now we all, well, uh, particularly if you're in the South. You'd certainly know about that, Chick Fil A. But he, uh, Kathy, he taught uh, Sunday school for over fifty years, and and if you're familiar with Chick Fil A, you understand that uh, they're closed on Sunday, and that was how he put his Christian right. principles. Well, and and let me let me expound on that just a little bit because it didn't go into it here, but I do know that. So. For most of us growing up, where did y'all know where Chick Fil A's were? Where were all the Chick Fil A's when y'all were growing up? Well, they were in Georgia or in yeah, the southeast. No, in the I mall. didn't even know there. Or the airports in the mall or the airports Airport, in right. particular. Okay. Malls, malls in particular. If I wanted Chick Fil A, right. I had to go to a mall to get it. There were not the freestanding Chick Fil A's with two lane car drive throughs that have twenty cars in them twenty four seven. Yeah, <laughs> except right. on Sundays. Right. Um, but in the malls, if you are not open when the mall is open. You have to pay a penalty to the mall. Really? Like literally cut a check to the mall because you're not open when the mall is open. So I didn't know he, that. He literally for years cut checks to malls because, be so because he chose... Seven days a week. Or yeah. Okay. Right. Because you be open when, when the if they were open on I'll Sunday, he was supposed to be open and he refused to. And so... He, he literally put his money where his mouth is. <laughs> on the, It wasn't just, I'm going to give up the revenue on Sunday. Mm-mm. He put his money where his mouth was on the mall situation. I'll be darned. I thought that was just uh, totally uh, interesting, you know, because... No, and, and it knew, is. I it is. I just wanted to jump in and add that. that because, right. I didn't know uh, anything about him. Uh, I mean, I've eaten plenty of sandwiches from there, but I never really <laughs> paid attention to him, but... It, it, I, I think, though, uh, especially as you get older, like uh, like myself, and well, I mean everybody. I mean, you're all you're you're a day or you're a minute a minute older. You're always you um, you find what your what's in your lane, what's really in your wheelhouse, what you really care about. Uh, for me, it's always been helping out the homeless, less fortunate. I, I just enjoy, I, I enjoy it. And when I'm doing my uh, ministry work, it's either in men's ministry, which is what I really enjoy like this, or it's helping the, un, the, the unfortunate and because I like hanging out with them, you know? And a lot of it is there a lot of people will write checks and they'll give them food and stuff, but they, they won't hang out with them. And these people, they just want to be treated as people. And, and that's that's my ministry. And I think as you practice this, 
your faith and you live your faith, you're going to find something that you really enjoy, some part of service that really fills your heart, that, that you enjoy doing. And, and, and I think you just get, you get better, you get more focused, and something just really speaks to you as you continue on with your faith journey. I, uh, I thought it was very interesting. The, the author does point this out in those few scriptures we just read. Um, Paul says, pray for us too. He says, and he pray that God will open the door for our message and that we would proclaim the mystery of Christ. Now, that's a gospel. And we would proclaim it succinctly. We would proclaim it in such a way that people would come to know the Lord, even though I'm in chains. So he's in jail. He's incarcerated. They believe he's in Rome. Um, he doesn't say, pray that God will get me out of jail. He doesn't say, pray that I'm right. blessed. Right, that I get a file that in the case. That I don't get sick or that I get well. He says, pray that I will proclaim the gospel. Now, I'm going to tell you, I wrote down a couple things I pray. <laughs> and I said, Lord, I'm stressed. Get me out of this particular situation. Okay. Lord, thank you for saving me and for forgiving me my sins. Thank you for giving me work, for a job, for my children, my grandchildren. Bless me. Bless my children. Protect them and everything. I have never thought to say, Lord, I'm sick right now. Open the door for me to, to witness to somebody while I'm sick or while I'm in a hardship or while my car is broke down. I've never thought in this situation where Paul says, it may appear to you that I'm in a, a hardship. I'm not. I'm where I'm supposed to be and pray that the Lord helps me see that and present that to other people. I don't know that I could do that. I don't know that I could say, Lord, man, I, make I, me a witness for I, you. I find a certain degree of poignancy in this um, because I've looked, I looked over a bit of the life of Paul, what we know. Um, he is, as you said, he is, he is, we believe he is under house arrest in Rome right now. Mm -hmm. And it's between 60 and 62 and he's writing these letters, these the prison letters. Um, Philemon was written at this time, too. He was, this is when Philemon, the escaped slave, shows up, and he sends him back. And, and I think Philemon's owner, master, was in Colossae, if I'm, if I'm right. That is um, correct. And so... So he uh, wasn't necessarily so, in a well, jail. Well, he was, but he was under, under, like under, under the equivalent of house arrest. He okay. couldn't go anywhere, but he could have visitors. Um, but uh, in line with history, Nero was emperor. Nero had become emperor in AD 54, mm -hmm. uh, and now this is still before the fire. The fire is in AD 64, and that's when really the persecutions clamped down. But Paul, being whom he was, probably knew which way the wind was blowing, and he, at this point, he isn't sure what, what's, what things are going to end up, and he's looking back at, at almost 30 years of, of planting churches, and he's got to be wondering, you know, what's going to happen. And uh, I'm sure he, he, he can look back at plenty of successes. Ephesus, plant Colossae, second generation, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. certainly the Corinthians. But, you know, he's, he probably wistfully looks, but he never, Athens, we know, didn't, didn't plant. No. Um, and there no. may have been some other churches that didn't plant. And he's, you know, he's, he's probably thinking about what he could have done there and he's like praying pray that I do it right pray that I don't you know and, and so he still has some time some always, humility yeah. here yeah. Um, I will say since we, since we have a little time his his prayers well his prayers for freedom 
He did not directly ask for him. He was freed around AD 62. Um, mm-hmm. so, in some, and he, so he was again free to proclaim the gospel. Uh, it is believed he may have gone to Spain. Uh, we have a church father, we have the, only, the only evidence of this is a church father, Clement, who about A.D. 100 wrote that Paul went to Spain. Uh, and he, then there's rather speculation if he was in Crete, if he did go back to the Colossae. <coughs> he kind of alluded um, to um, it, it's his fourth missionary journey that he is. kind of alludes in, to in Acts and, 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 Romans, and in Romans, Romans, places, 15, yeah. Romans 15, he expresses his desire yeah. to go to Hispania. And, and so... Uh, but then, at, then he is then at after the I think after the fire or shortly before he is he is back in Rome. He is in pre, now he's really in jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, he that is for that you can go to Second Timothy. Uh, it bad things he's betrayed. Um, really, it's Luke hanging out with him at the toward the end, and he pretty much knows it's it, the the end is near. And we know from Clement that he was executed. We don't know many details about it, uh, and so. That's so, so Paul in some ways, but I'm segueing into this, prayers get answered. Um, and that's, that's the other side of this. Um, we could have John Opio, who's in, in my, who co-leads my Bible study. He's, he's chaplain uh, at Bentab Hospital. Uh, he could tell why, he could tell stories. You know, the, the doctors would say, oh, well, you know, it just happened. He, oh, yeah. he tell, I mean, he, he basically sees something every day, almost, that just is unexplainable. But, you know, yeah. he's not that healing. But he also prays of, for it. And he prays for them, and oh, he yeah. prays with he families. Yes. And uh, it's so, he's, he'll, he, he probably, I, I can't test, he, he would come here and testify the fact of how prayers are answered. I'm sure, ba- I'm, there are times where I believe prayers were answered in my life. Um uh, I've heard. I've heard my one story. I know that when I was when I was young, when I was a kid. Really, one of my aunts um, had had brain hemorrhage. But basically, had a stroke, a massive stroke. Um, and I mean, this is the 1960s. So this is even even you know. And and they actually did. They were doing brain surgery. But when they opened the skull, the brain was swelling so much they had to literally close it right away. They couldn't do any operation. They all thought she was going to die. She, she healed. And everybody, I'm told, everybody prayed for her that night, the whole family. Uh, and the doctors could not explain it. But she thought, I mean, she was walking around. She was not, didn't end up in a wheelchair or unable to speak. Full recovery from a massive brain hemorrhage. Uh, and it, it's again, um, again, very, very hard to explain. That's just one story I know of. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, the pr- prayer is one of those things. And then, I'd like to jump to the end where it says, "Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned okay. with salt, so that you may know how to answer every one." And and the whole the idea behind that is, and we'll talk about season with salt. Yeah, well, this takes us back to what we pulled. Well, yeah. back, well, back, back up one yeah. sentence and read the sentence before that mm-hmm. too. I think it was be wise in the way you act wise. toward yes. outsiders. Yes, yeah. very good. And then read, make the most of every opportunity. Team. Let yeah. your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned mm-hmm. with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And and I think you alluded to it, Steve, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, we have we've been our own worst enemy as Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, because we want to hammer someone mm-hmm. when that's not really, 
You know, it, do we need to point out the sin in people's life? Yes. Do we need to hammer them with the sin in their life while they're sitting there needing to get food to feed themselves and their children? No. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's timing there, you know, but it's also it's living so that the way we're approaching them, especially outsiders to the faith. Now, now, confronting someone who's a member of our church about a sin they're involved in, that's a different conversation. But, but even, you shouldn't even be thinking first, like someone outside the church. Oh, yeah. You're not, don't, the, the whole wrong way is, you know, I don't, you're trying to introduce the Lord to them. Yeah. Um, you're on a recruiting mission. <laughs> when when you go, <laughs> when you want, when you want, Pete, when, when you want, you want to get someone to work for your company, do you go in and tell them what a lousy job they're doing currently in their job? And not only that, we'd love if you'd come work for We're us. <laughs> well, it, 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 and, and, well here, or, 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 you know, or think of, think of any recruiting situation. You know, you want, you want, you want to give a reason why that person should join your yeah. team. Well, well you, you made a comment. The, the author says it's one thing. It goes right with what you're saying. He says, and I know you, you guys have heard this. He says it's very important to act right rather than be right. Yes. Right? Very much. Well, I think a, a big part of this is <clears throat> in this last sentence, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. Okay? I'm one of the younger I'm certainly not the youngest anymore, but certainly younger people that volunteer down at the soup kitchen. And I don't think that it's a coincidence that all those people are older because they're retired, but because they've experienced so much in their life, they're much more willing to be full of grace. Mm-hmm. And understanding of people and situations, yeah. as opposed with being a hard driver or anything like that. These older people, they've been around the block a few more times, and with that comes wisdom. They probably used to be hard drivers back oh, in the day. I, back in the day, maybe, yeah. you know, I'd have no well, doubt. And because and salt, salt does a couple of things. Number one, salt preserves. Um, one right. of the most important. Things back in the day before there was this thing called money refrigeration. <laughs> and, and refrigeration, yeah. You had to salt. salt your meat to preserve it. Right. Um, right. Salt was actually used in most of the sacrifices. They used salt water actually. Mm. You know, as part of the Jewish temple and the sacrifices. And I don't know about y'all, but you know, recipes to me are suggestions. So it says a teaspoon of salt, that's about four shakes. You know, garlic, one clove of garlic is five tablespoons of the pre-minced garlic in my family. <laughs> you know, or six, or eight, maybe right. ten. <laughs> um, but food without any seasoning in it is just, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, you've got to have that. And I think that's something you were talking about, your testimony. And it doesn't have to be. I was on drugs for 20 years, and God said it's, it can be Bill's right. testimony or mine. That, you know, it's fairly simple. It's fairly, we never went down the crazy path, as it were. Mm-hmm. You know, and not degenerating anybody that did, but it doesn't, you know, you don't have to have a great testimony about that. 
it's really testifying about what God has done in your life and the things mm-hmm. he's done for you and really making it very personal and making it a story for someone that they can relate to as they go through. And as we're getting down to the end of this particular podcast, number 141, want to uh, make sure that you know that if you ever have a question or a comment, you can go to our Facebook page, which is at man-up, or to our website, man-upspiritualoasis.com. Post that question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. Um, also, we can take comments on the SoundCloud page. Uh, but you can find us on iHeartRadio and iTunes as well. And just dovetailing on what the professor said, yeah, I uh, I just believed. I, from when I was a kid, I just believed that being a believer was just going to make my life better. I wasn't really sure how. I just, I just do. It's just There's something acceptance. about feeling good. When you do what is right, also right, right, Bill, and, and right. you know that uh, there's some versus uh, uh, stealing a piece of candy versus um, cheating a little bit on your test. There's something that just from your heart feels really good when you don't do those things. That's funny that you brought up cheating on a test. I had there was a guy there was a guy, there was a guy in my class and it was in a it was in a geography or a social studies geography type of class. I'll call him Kurt because his name was Kurt, and uh, he was obviously cheating off of my paper. And I turned and looked to him and I whispered, "I go, Kurt, you might want to just answer it yourself or cheat off of someone else." I didn't study either. (laughs) (laughs) And he was in my high school class. And he still comes up. He remembers that. He goes, Bill, that was one of the funniest things that has ever happened. He goes, I'll never forget that. Well, did you pass? Oh, me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I passed. He probably got a higher grade by not copying off of me, though. So, uh, And with that, we're going to go around and get uh, some final takeaways from uh, this week's podcast. Going to start with uh, start with the judge. All right. Uh, folks, I'm going to repeat something to you again that the author said in here. And coming back to prayer, I don't know if, if, if you happen to be a new Christian or if, if, in fact, you've never really directed your prayer toward anything other than what people ask you to pray for. The author gives a couple of hints here. I'm going to read them to you. And, and, and uh, I personally... I like to pray out loud. It keeps me awake. (laughs) Sometimes There is that. The the author says, when you pray, consider the following things. And folks, you don't have to follow it exactly. But he says, first of all, celebrate who God is. You know, he's the Alpha, the Mega. He's the beginning and the end, the first and last. It's on page 109. Yeah. Uh, Take time to recall how God has worked and shown himself in your life. Adore him. Adore him for his nature and provision in your life. Number two. Give thanks. Thank God for the blessings He, you see in what is happening around you and, of course, what he has done for you. It's easy to look back and see how God is with you in your past, right? And being in a present situation, you don't always see his presence, but looking backward, you can always uh, seem to see how he's directed your life. The, number three, share your heart. 
openly express emotions that you feel and genuinely, genuinely request your heart's desire to God when you talk to him. Uh, acknowledge trust. Above all, rest in God's provision and know he is developing you in the image of his son, even during your most challenging experiences or circumstances. Uh, number, number five, ask God for clarity. Request God to open your eyes to see what is happening in the situations around you and give you opportunities to, to witness to others about these events or about through these events. And finally, surrender. Let go of personal expectations and fall into the loving arms of God. Now, I, I, I don't know how you do that, but I can tell you this. I firmly believe you can tell God when you're angry. If you if you get angry, I think you can. I think you should. Right. Yeah. I, I, he didn't express that, but folks, I don't. You're not sinning if you get angry or mad mm-hmm. in a situation, unless right. you unless you uh, dishonor God. I right. think sometimes He wants to hear from you because He loves you so much. Right, Professor. A couple of takeaways from you. Um, so two things before I do my t- takeaways. First of all. Um, we're from Houston, so it's not where I thought you were going when you went cheating. I was like, oh, please. Don't. Oh, no, no. I we're wasn't going to talk about that. the yeah. uh, baseball uh, So no. secondly, um, do want to send a big man up birthday, t- happy birthday to our pa- to Sugarland Baptist Church. It's our home church. Pastor Taylor Sandlin, today is his birthday. Oh, so no way. Happy wanna, birthday, wanna, Pastor. Wanna re- re- reach out for that. The other thing is I want to recognize... Uh, one of our new followers, Jessica Renee Warren. We are the podcast for men that women enjoy. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. Uh, <laughs> we get a lot of comments now, from the ladies. You said that thing again. Now, now us. Um, yeah, it, it's a faith journey. And, and I think this these passages really talk about it. That right. it, it's a journey. It's a and and it's a long distance race journey. It ain't a sprint or a series no. of sprints even. No, it's, it's a long it's like distance jogging. journey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that you're on your faith, and that you be prepared to answer the. And that was one thing I want to talk a little bit about is that the be prepared to answer everyone. That's why you study. That's why you do what you do, so that when somebody asks you a question, you can provide an answer to them to have that conversation. Yes, Mr. Steve Titch. Yeah, um, and this is coming from a. a from a policy analyst, you're not going to convince anyone by arguing theology or even arguing for Christianity. No. Uh, you don't have to defend God. Uh, God can plenty of do that himself. Um, really, it's it's not like politics to me. It's sometimes more like medicine, where you talk about your own experience, uh, make it personal, and nobody. That doesn't put anybody on the defensive. This is what happened to me. This is why I believe the way I do. Or to take it again, the my my father, for a long time, was in pain due to arthritis. His knees were were killing him. He was he was in pain for a long time, and yet his friends were telling him, "Get a knee replacement." Uh, oh, for years, get it. He replaced. You'll feel better. No, no. He, and he had a. It was his own background. He had a thing about doctors. That was probably part of it. But finally, he did get the knee replacement, and he was. It was. Whoa! Why didn't I do this before? Why he was. I should have done this earlier. And, and <laughs> but he was able to say, like, he. First of all, people talked to him. That you know, people he knew who were in pain once, were happy now. We're out of pain. Uh, 
they were able to, you know, they weren't able to play golf. Now they were playing golf again. He, he saw the change in people. People told them about the change in them. That's, that's really the way in. Uh, and because uh, you, you know you know what happened to you and and every conversion is a, literally a leap of faith uh, you're not going to be persuaded into it it has to come out of experience uh, and um, I guess that's that's part of it and going back to where you said earlier don't contribute to the to the divisiveness you're really there and that's what Paul would say for you're there to heal the world there to help heal the world, heal the world through your faith, through demonstrating it through your actions, uh, speaking quietly about your own experience. Don't don't worry about uh, you know having to defend the gospel, having to defend God, having to defend Christianity. Just live out your spirit-driven life. You know, <clears throat> there's people that go on mission trips like. My wife, for example, that go and change the world, okay? Uh, and our, our previous pastor, uh, Pastor Phil, said it's always cheaper that we could just, if we were going to go build something, if we just sent the lumber and the supplies, if we sent them over and let people build it themselves, it would be cheaper. But by sending people with the lumber and the supplies... We're not only we're building buildings, but we're changing people's hearts. And that's what we want you to do out there. Be engaged. Be engaged with your surrounding. You might not only change their hearts, pretty good chance you'll change yours. And with that, this man up, spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. So glad that you, uh, you decided to join us. I want to encourage each and every one of you to go ahead and tell your friends about this kind of stuff because you don't ha get to have these kind of spiritual discussions, particularly in this this day and age, just anywhere. Tell them about us. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We have a Facebook page, Man-Up, website at man-upspiritualoasis.com. want to encourage each and every one of, uh, uh, of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and go to that church and get involved in a small group adult Bible fellowship or Sunday school class so you can dig in deeper and have these long, deep philosophical discussions <coughs> that will help you along your own faith journey. And find one that is men only. And if there isn't one, start one! This is Man Up! You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast. <laughs>